Welcome, and thanks for joining us for episode one of the Change is the Name of the Game, Winning IT Strategies for Success podcast, brought to you by CIO.com and sponsored by HCL. Technology buyers see the potential for a solid digital workplace foundation. Small prototypes and niche use cases have drummed up significant interest in what's possible with digital workspace services. But before buyers can implement new technologies in this space, they must take a step back and ensure their digital foundation is up-to-date and scalable. Today's digital enterprises need to explore why productivity is key, why sales and distribution networks are important, and why they must treat their employees like customers. I'm Barbara Call, Senior Director of Content Strategy and Operations with IDG, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. I'm joined today by two speakers. First up is Saurabh Sharma, Director and Head, Digital Workspace Services at HCL Technologies. Welcome, Saurabh. Thanks, Barbara. Really glad to be here. Also joining me today is Dave Smith, Founder and Principal Analyst at Inflow Analysis. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Barbara. It's my pleasure to be here. And now I'll hand things over to Dave to start our conversation. Thanks again, Barbara. You know, the digital workplace is one of my favorite topics to discuss as as literally encompasses our entire work lives. And as we've all experienced with the pandemic, we saw the ultimate merging of our work and personal lives as well. You know, so Sarab, as we delve into this digital workplace discussion, I would love to first get your take from the onset here on the workplace transformation that we've all experienced and that's transpired over this past year or so with the pandemic. Oh yes, uh, Dave, uh, what a watershed year for technology and within technology, very specially for workplace services, right? Uh, No one had anticipated that the world would go remote and oh boy, at what pace it went remote, right? Uh, All the uh, enterprises had to rethink about the workplace strategy they had to recalibrate their workplace maturity. They had to look at their workplace resiliency. Uh, so what we always knew was that uh, the data center backup DR or, or load balancing was always thought of. If, you, if your DC fails from one location, there's a backup in cloud or some other location. Mm-hmm. But what about if your workplace uh, suddenly fails, right? What do you do about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is on, on the challenge of it. Uh, but I love to focus on the positive sides of it uh, you know, it actually accelerated the pace of workplace transformation. Workplace enables employees' engagement, experience, productivity. So that's a good one. Uh, the focus suddenly shifted from employee productivity, which is basically how do you ensure people work to the max of their potential, to their experience, right? How do you mm-hmm. deliver best experience to people no matter where they're working from? They could be working from home, office, Starbucks, wherever they're comfortable from. The place they open the device from is the office at that point in time, right? And again, the focus shifted from uh, tool adoption, uh, which is how do you adopt or drive adoption of technologies to compassionate change management, right? Everyone was under stress. Uh, So the topics of uh, employee well-being, physical well-being, mental well-being became important. And last, but rather the most important bit was digital literacy and digital confidence, right? There could be two or three generations of people working in an enterprise. And when everyone went remote, they all had to leverage technologies. And of course, you know, not everyone will be equally comfortable, even for a small feature like sharing a screen on Teams, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you ensure or commit to initiatives uh, where you actually bring up literacy level of everyone to an equal level or an acceptable level? How do you ensure that, right? 
So those uh, became very, very important initiatives that every enterprise took. And these are very important uh, you know, initiatives to take to ensure that if there are future eventualities of this kind, you're always prepared and uh, you are resilient against them. Those are really great points. You know, I, I love the whole productivity giving way to experience, right? And, you know, having that experience be the goal. So in your estimation, how can organizations move towards building, you know, that sort of resilient workplace, you know, taking into account people's experiences and their well-being? And, and with that, I would love for you to sort of touch on inclusiveness, diversity, and accessibility as well. Absolutely, Dave. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question, right? And the way I look at it, if I reflect on what we've learned in in last uh, three years and really learned quickly in the last 18 months, uh, I think it's a five-step strategy to build what I call as a, an experiential hybrid working strategy, right? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, get the right team, right? Find an executive sponsor. It could be a business sponsor. It could be an IT sponsor. And then create a cross-functional team of people who were, uh, you know, in the old world disbanded, but now they're banded, a team that borrows beyond workplace. You have yeah. people from HR, facilities, admin, right? That's the right. team which becomes your core pandemic management team going forward, right? WHO says it's not the first pandemic and it's absolutely not the last one for sure, right? So create that team and never disband that. Find a sponsor, right? The second part is formulate a vision for workplace transformation. Any initiative that you want to take in workplace, that has to be commonly and consistently understood across the stakeholders that I mentioned. Uh, The second step is think about employee journeys. The personalization is the new world order, right? Uh, You have Mm -hmm. to create employee journeys which are very, very personal to to every employee, right? So you have to Mm -hmm. think about your personas, right? And then imagine the employee journeys right from the day of onboarding and they're working in the enterprise. And you have to ensure that every transformation initiative that you take, it enables everyone equally. There has to be complete democratization of any workplace initiative. Mm-hmm. And the fruits of workplace uh, you know, transformation, have they, they have to be absolutely equally borne by everyone, right? So that's about the employee journeys. I think the third key step is assess and measure conduct a holistic assessment on how prepared you are for hybrid working. The way we look at hybrid working is that it is a combination of en masse or a continued remote working and safe opening of offices. So both these aspects have to be looked on into detail very clearly. How, how, how prepared you are to continue remote working, how prepared you are to open offices safely, right? And mm-hmm. then when you've done that assessment, look at your short, medium and long-term goals. What would you want to achieve in short term, medium term, long term? That has to be clear. Yeah. Uh, the fourth aspect is security and privacy, right? People working from home, uh, they are very prone to malware attacks. The threat vector has changed considerably. So relook at your security strategy. Uh, what we call as a shift from a bold tone strategy to built in approach. Do mm. not push 20 clients into end user machines that don't talk to each other. The, the security has to be built in the platform that you that you dish out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's an element. And then, uh, no matter how critical security is to you, please ensure that your policy framework around security, it respects users' privacy by design. It's not something you have to think about. 
your policies have to respect that do not collect data that is not needed to safeguard an employee. If you are collecting anything which is private to a person, be very sure, call it out and tell that each individual employee that you're collecting the data because it's important for their security. And you have to tell them that, right? And I think the fifth and the most important step is listen to the employees, mm -hmm. okay? If you've decided as an IT leader that I am going to take five initiatives on workplace transformation, make your employees co-owner of their transformation initiative, right? Uh, this is the entire shift that we call as uh, the product-based operating model. Make them, get them involved, right? Create multiple forums, virtual, physical, the way the world is evolving, real time, capture the feedback. And it's yeah. just not about capturing the feedback. Ensure that if they give the feedback, it is visible to them that your, their feedback matters. You've yes. incorporated the elements of valid feedback and it is reflective of your org's culture that you actually not only acknowledge, but you incorporate the feedback that employees gives, right? So this is the yeah. five you know, step journey that I think is very important if you have to build, you know, resilient workplaces. That's, that's great. You know, I, I like the whole partnership with people, you know, having their, but also the transparency to see that their input is also implemented, <laughs> you know, and so you, you started to talk on security and, you know, obviously one of the most, you know, serious issues and concerns that was exposed in this past year of remote work was that of data security, right? And it's overall security for that matter. And again, it's always been a top priority, right? But how can, if, if you can go a little further, how can organizations form effective security strategies in light of these sort of changing workplace dynamics? Yep, so that that remains a, a considerable challenge, Dave. And uh, you know, mm -hmm. as I said earlier, uh, every enterprise is relooking at how they deal with security aspect. But I think security should not affect the productivity and experience of people. Uh, you know, people bring a lot of devices, applications, data into orgs today. Uh, and then there are regulations like GDPR that hold uh, enterprises legally responsible. Uh, so it's very imperative uh, for uh, enterprises to find a way to ensure that the company data is safe across multiple touch points, cloud application, personal mobile devices. So yeah. the, the, the shift we've seen across uh, you know, enterprises and the thought is they have to embrace zero trust frameworks. Mm -hmm. It is important to take a platform-based approach for modern security. Uh, it resonates with what I said earlier as uh, going away from bolt-on to built-in. Mm -hmm. uh, that ensures that productivity and user experience uh, goes along with securing the enterprise and protecting it from internal and external threats. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you, you can't harp enough on the fact that data is the most valuable asset. Uh, you know, yet most enterprises lack the ability to ascertain what data is sensitive and how do you control access to that data, right? Mm -hmm. So data protection requires a layered approach that mm -hmm. begins with uh, a very uh, stringent user authentication via multiple means, uh, which is multi-factor authentication. It asks for a password. It can ask for a face ID on phone, it can ask for SMS OTP that goes in a phone, and then policy-based rules uh, for access to sensitive information. Uh, and you have to, uh, that that is regardless of location or device type, right? Uh, the other element is uh, threat protection uh, that keeps user data devices applications safe uh, by correlating information across entire digital footprint, right? And automating threat protection, detection, investigation, remediation, right? Yeah. Uh, the last bit which is evolving is user behavior or user-centric security, right? And this domain, I, I really believe, will implode in time. 
which means that uh, you know it will not only authenticate by asking you multiple ways to prove that you are the right user but also the way you interact with the machine the keystrokes the mouse strokes uh, the way you authenticate right if your behavior is out of order for example you suddenly uh, ask for 100 prints of a document and you are on your notice period right that's a clear clear red flag right so this user centric security will also uh, become very very important so these are few areas uh, you know uh, that uh, that i leave with enterprises to think about on how to create a holistic workplace security strategy so that uh, whether they work from home or office they are inherently secured thank you that th- these are very critical points and, and thanks for making them i i what I want to move to i i love this this concept of the fluid workplace right and, and especially as you've been talking before about you know productivity and experiences and and security so can you explain a bit this concept of the fluid workplace absolutely dev uh, uh, so i love it too by the way so uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's an endeavor to build a human centered workplaces right yeah. uh, the workplace is not about technology gone are the days when workplace was called end user computing because the focus is computes not the user right mm. but now the workplace is all about people it's all about humans that create value for the enterprise uh, mm. so the never is to build uh, the new ways of working so when we talk about fluid we have certain ethos in mind uh, and i'll uh, just elaborate that right so i'll break f l u i d even if it sounds naive but uh, you know i'll i'll break uh, you know fluid that way so f for us stands for future ready agile workplaces that keep up with the speed of business right workplaces are not workplace business is not a tech business it's a business enabling function right mm-hmm. you are a retail, a retail store owner you want to open 20 stores in a uncharted territory it's untested waters for you can workplace help you do that can you open a store not in 6 months but say 12 weeks could you do that yeah. uh so that's the challenge that is there with workplace services you are a automotive manufacturer you want to shift your factories from uh you know central us to west coast because the talent is going all towards iot could you do that right mm-hmm. so workplace enables that kind of business agility it cannot play a catch up game otherwise it's a business risk right mm-hmm. the l stands for liberating the workplace has to be ergonomic it has, has to be safety and well being focused right uh, i talked about mental and physical well-being of people uh, but also right there's not a great thought which has been given on accessibility features in workplace right mm-hmm. you can have people who are vision impaired who hearing impaired mm-hmm. uh, people who have learning uh, disability how does your workplace enable all of them equally are you factoring enough features so that all of them can leverage technologies sitting at home equally right that has to be given that needs a, a good thought it has to be part of your inherent by default by design strategy right mm. uh, the u for me stands for user centricity uh, technology can only enable as much right but it's only people who create value or rather employees who create value for enterprise everything you want to do in workplace strategy has to be focused on people how do you enable people right uh, the i stands for intelligent and immersive and when we talk about intelligent and immersive all of you would have heard about ai chatbot automation solutions in workplace uh, so you know my take is these solutions have to be ambient which basically means they have to work in tandem at background and not disrupt users right yeah people could be doing their jobs 
you cannot have a pop up coming every 30 minutes or one hour or 90 minutes would you want me to do this for you and you do something what is your feedback give me the feedback did i good did i do good or not right that's not mm-hmm. important it has to work in an ambient fashion so that your basic productivity what you want to do in the enterprise is never hindered right yeah. and the last bit i think i touched on earlier also democratized extremely important it does not mean that you've got white collar people blue collar people uh, your workplace strategy has to empower everyone equally you have to ensure uh, that your least common denominator of workforce is the most empowered one if you can build a workplace transformation strategy that follows these ethos i think you're good for for uh, the future of hybrid working that's great and you know i definitely see the theme of experience right just really emerging as you're as you're talking here this is really poignant and in thinking about the health and the success of the workplace can you speak to then with that the importance of focusing on experiences for not only internal employees but also external customers and and what is the synergy there between those two pieces sure i think it's a it's a great question dave so the focus on customer experience has been there for decades and maybe centuries right mm-hmm. it is always the thing to focus on cx as we call it customer experience yeah. uh, i sell products to customers they should be happy it has been there from the day the brands have been there right but i think it's the right time and i think all enterprises recognize that the same concept has to be apply you know deployed for employees of the organization so shift from cx to ex because your employees create value for your customers right it's not necessarily the products create value it's the people who create value for your customers right so it's more critical than ever for uh, organizations to retain talent the right kind of talent that makes the difference between gaining or losing a competitive edge mm-hmm. and uh, we were looking at a study uh, on on employee experience and uh, for a ex centered organization employees are 30% more likely to stay which is they do not want to look out 33% more likely to report high discretionary effort because they are so motivated they want to create value for business and 44% more likely to be highest performers in an enterprise right mm-hmm. so ex really 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 matters and then uh, you know traditional workplace environments are not by default equipped to deliver superior ex Uh, in order to deliver what we call as consumer grade experience to employees in the enterprise you must focus on uh, the parameters of experience that come across as both personal and authentic mm-hmm. in fact we've been propagating this thought of of building employee centric workplaces to customers for a long long time uh, the last part is uh, you focus on ex but do you have the right solutions to actually quantify user experience can you call out a user experience score in your enterprise on a scale of 10 say is it 6 is it 5 is it 4 could you quantify that and report on that uh, to to your cio or to your leaders that i'm measuring that i think that has become non negotiable uh, you there's no way you cannot do that right so right. it has become equally if not more important than cx mm. excellent thank you gentlemen Before we continue our conversation, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. The Change is the Name of the Game Winning IT Strategies for Success podcast is presented by CIO.com in partnership with HCL Technologies. 
HCL Technologies is a next-generation global technology company that helps enterprises reimagine their businesses for the digital age. HCL offers an integrated portfolio of services and solutions, enabling global enterprises to transform their business via its digital foundation, a modernized infrastructure stack built around hybrid cloud, software-defined networks, the digital workplace, and other elements. This includes digital business, a combination of application services and consulting capabilities, and digital operations, a three-pronged setup for modernized and efficient operations at an enterprise level. Through its worldwide network of R&D facilities and co-innovation labs, global delivery capabilities, and over 168,000 ideapreneurs across 50 countries, HCL delivers holistic services across industry verticals to leading enterprises, including 250 of the Fortune 500 and 650 of the Global 2000. And now back to our show. Thanks, Barbara. You know, Sarab, I love what you're saying here because I think as we, you know, move forward, it, it's 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 going to require us to talk about more than just, you know, say employee experience, customer experience, and we're doing those things. What does it actually mean, right? And how do you measure and and quantify that? So, as organizations develop improved digital workplace strategies, how can they measure success? And what are those key measurable components of a digital workplace strategy? So, Dave, another another topic that is. Uh become increasingly relevant uh, and it will gain more prominence as we go forward. Uh, so traditionally, see, the success of workplace has been wholly measured by service level agreements, right? You would have heard about first call resolution, average speed to answer, mean time to resolve, mean time to respond. But you know what? That does not gauge user perception of the workplace services being consumed, right? Mm-hmm. It is for the same reason that operational performance indicators have become less relevant I'm not saying that that they're not important. They're important, uh, but they don't really get you what you want to measure, right? Yeah. This situation in turn calls for the next generation of parameters that can accommodate user experience and experience-oriented or business-led outcomes, right? To achieve, achieve a true digital and a fluid state, we call for enterprises to take upon uh, a journey from moving away from service-level agreements, which is SLA, to experience level agreements, which is XLA, right? Uh, that that truly measure, uh, you know, in a manner that correlates user experience and the perception with the services being consumed, right? Mm-hmm. I took one example of experience level agreement, a quantified user experience index, a live breathing index that you can quote on that I know that my experience index right now is six out of 10. And I take the benchmark to, you know, improve that index to eight out of 10, uh, in next two years, right? So these yeah. kind of indices will become extremely important, right? They will help uh, enterprises in driving quantifiable business benefits. Mm-hmm. And these should be contractually tied. Uh, these are not only good to measure, but they should have penalties and gains in workplace contracts. And we are seeing an increasing trend where this is becoming a, a reality because that's a true mark of how reliable your services are how good your employee experience is, and how collaboratively you can work with your service provider. So that shift from SLA to XLA is paramount uh, to measure success. Now that is a scoop, right? Move shifting to experience level agreements. That not only is it a pithy, 
you know, uh, 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 acronym and phrase, but it's also critical, I think, right? Because if we are talking about experiences, how do you, again, measure that and moving to that sort of more of a transparent agreement, you know, with with customers, employees, and, and, and what have you? Wow, great, great there. What does the workplace look like then going forward? If you would take out your crystal ball here, you know, from a future work perspective, is hybrid the new normal? So Dave, uh, it does not need a crystal ball. I think it's very clear, right? Uh, so hybrid <laughs> is the new normal. You know, what we foresee is there'll be an mass or a, a great remote working culture. Mm-hmm. But you should also give a thought on how do you cautiously open your workspaces, right? A lot has been said about the fact that remote working really encourages productivity. What about cultural productivity? What about somebody who's recently joined an organization remotely and never goes to office? Will he relate to to that to that brand the way somebody who's been working for that org for 10 years? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, right? So I think the equal importance has to be given to the value of social connect. Meeting uh, people in person is very important. And while uh, simply said, right, a simple joy of whiteboarding, right? Well, yeah. on a real whiteboard, not a whiteboard on a particular collaboration application. I think that's a joy, right? Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. right? Uh, so, so, yeah, so all of this is very important. So we tell our customers that while you focus a lot on remote working, how remote working is great to change and alter the way you work, but think about how do you safely open your workspaces. Uh, and um, we are seeing that a lot of geographies are actually opening up workspaces uh, in a cautious manner though. Uh, so think about solutions, right? For example, uh, some enterprises are talking about the fact that uh, in factory locations, which are critical business locations, I want to automatically measure temperature of people who are entering, right? Mm-hmm. Are there solutions available? Yes, you can measure temperature of people. And if somebody is running high fever, you may, depending on the location, geography, and the laws of the land, may deny the right to person who's, uh, you know, having high fever to enter the uh, uh, premises because it's a risk for him. It's a risk for probably mm-hmm. 200 people who are working, right? Because he may be positive, right? Uh, and then some customers talk about the fact that, uh, you know, how do I do a contact tracing in a smart way without, uh, you know, focusing on, in, without infringing on em- employee privacy. So you can have smart ID cards where you can put your HCL cards or IDG cards and that that card, that card holder, uh, the plastic uh, box that actually has a chip in it. And if you breach the norms of uh, physical distancing, it can record incident. And it can also give you a beep and the light on the card can go from green to red because you breathe that, right? It's not about policing the person. It's about the fact that tomorrow, if it tests COVID positive, you do not harass that person and ask him, who did you meet in last 14 days, right? Because you would know from the card itself, it's a smart card. He met these people and you can politely request those people to stay home because they may be at, at danger and take care of their families too, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the most important part of opening workspaces, the physical spaces, in an in a intuitive way, is that uh, you, know, you can convert your large real estate, which is right now a liability on your books, into smart co-working space, which means technology in workplaces available where you can book a, a hot desk or a desk before you go to offices. Mm-hmm. Now, why is it that important? It's important uh, because... Even if you open the offices, not everybody is welcome. Certain yeah. profile of people are welcome. Some people can come. It's open for all. Uh, but it will operate at one-third the capacity because uh, the norms of physical distancing or social distancing, right? Yeah. So you can yeah. put the rules in that application itself 
that if i am a part of certain organization i can go to office only once i can book a desk once twice thrice those business tools can be applied and you can space out the slots which means that you give ample time to facilities to sanitize the desk before the next person books that slot right so all these things technology can come to assistance and uh, you must think about all these when you open the workplaces uh, but my request is please do open the workplaces it's very important at least that's personally what i feel <laughs> so number one open workplace but definitely th this is sort of a reimagining right of of the workplace and just sort of rethinking through from the lens of how do you you know sort of uh, uh, focus on that system of experiences right and you know for employees for customers partners and and what have you so Rob, this has been an absolutely great discussion. Thank you so much for sharing your insights here. Uh, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share? Thank you, Dave. I think I spoke a lot, but uh, just as a parting <laughs> thought, it's likewise, right? Uh, focus on people. Technology yeah. can only be an enabler, but people are, are your greatest asset. Strive mm -hmm. to build a sustainable and purposeful workplaces, not really a consumerized and business neighbor you know, focused workplace. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, people create value for enterprises and uh, look at technology as a neighbor, you know, and, and think about your workplace strategy in a way which is completely democratic uh, and it should enable every single profile of people that works in your enterprise. Uh, so look at employee journeys, look at employee personas, and then craft a strategy that enables everyone. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Dave and Sarah. Great discussion. And thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this first episode in the Change is the Name of the Game, Winning IT Strategies for Success podcast, presented by CIO.com in partnership with HCL Technologies. I encourage you to tune in for episode two, where we'll explore the context for fluid customer experience. This podcast series is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. For more information, be sure to visit www.hcltech.com. For IDG and HCL Technologies, I'm Barbara Call. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated in association with its sponsor, HCL.